Blog Talk Radio. Good morning to all of you out in Radio Land. You're listening to The Cricket Show, Saturday morning episode. And Leon Francis sitting in for Ivor Henry, who is on an assignment. And with me in studio is Dennis Heath. Good morning, Dennis. How are you, my brother? Good morning to you, Leon. It's nice to be back. And we're looking forward to a wonderful show today out here. The forecast temperature is going to be in the upper 70s, so that's a little bit of a reprieve from the triple digits. Back to you. I don't envy you at all because we are having overcast skies in my neck of the woods and we are anticipating that there should be some showers of blessings throughout the day. Here there is a pending storm somewhere in the um, south of... The country, 
just pray wherever it may be. It will not be devastating. But let me just tell you that we will be not have the presence of Mertris this morning. She's attending a funeral, and would you believe it? Almost every week you hear someone who has passed, and from my information, the funeral is of a past cricket umpire. How sad. I didn't get the name, but I just want to just those of you who might have known that the individual might just bring it to our attention, and we will just remember the family and friends. Without any further ado, let me give this choice blessings. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this opportunity that you have afforded us. We pray that you let this show go on without any interruption whatsoever. And we trust that we may have an enjoyable show. And those who come on may just find it. So welcoming and pleasant to the ears of all who are listening. We pray especially for the ones who are struggling with ill health, my dear wife Eunice. Dr. Leroy Lashley and his dear daughter, Connie Whitley, Ellie Matt, Everett Carter, Oliver Solomon, Murchis Nisbet, El Camido Willett, Wentworth Francis, another brother of mine, and further afield over in New Brunswick, my dear brother Telbert, he's still struggling. And Dennis Kelman, Iselma Cornelius, Warston Otto, Joseph Gunthrop, Alpheus Phillips, Willis and Mona Daniel, Thelma Williams, Dr. Roger Brown, Earl Stevens, Judith Byrne, my sister, Conrad Williams, my brother, and Alric Morgan, a friend of mine from school, and Sonia Sargent, and all the others who have not expressed their concerns. Lord, we pray for them. We trust that you may just bring them back today. You know myself and those who are struggling with any kind of problem whatsoever, we pray for this country with this COVID, and we pray for the people of Afghanistan as they struggle to get through this, and all the countries in the world who are struggling, struggling as a result of this pandemic, and are not able to do what they normally would like to do. We thank you, Lord, for your giving us this opportunity once again to do a show, and we trust that the show may be enjoyable and comforting to many around the world. Thank you, Lord, for this. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, Dennis, <coughs> let me get the yes, warning. Good morning again, Leon. It's uh, another Saturday morning, and uh, before we start our day, we're still <coughs> mindful of, you know, the situation in Haiti. Hope and pray that uh, things can improve out there. You know, first came the earthquake, or rather, first came the assassination, then the earthquake, then the hurricane. Now Haiti is bracing for an outbreak of disease. How much? How much can one country take? Back to you. Amen. Let me begin by playing this song. Everywhere I go, people have been asking me. Absti, why a religious album? But let me tell you, God has been good to me. God has been merciful. He has done wonders for me. And apart from that, 
I am from a religious background, but I am one sheep who went astray. I can remember at a very early age, I lived with my grandmother in a village in Antigua called Bansil, a section they call Maney Hill. We lived together. My grandmother was a plantation worker. She used to work what we call in Antigua, grung. That's a garden. Well, let me tell you, my grandmother was a Seventh-day Adventist, and she taught me that every Friday afternoon, we should go in as the sun go down and wake up very early Saturday morning to go to church. Now, she had a big, big donkey. She used to call the donkey Bo. And every Saturday, she would jump on the donkey with the Bible and the quarterly and the other books. And me running behind she and the donkey going to church. The people in the village would line the streets to see me grandy on top of this high donkey and pour me a run behind she. But even though we had no fancy transportation and we didn't have no big set of food and stuff like that, we made it to church every Saturday. We worshipped, had a wonderful time and get back to the village safe and sound by the help of God. She was wonderful. My grandmother, Annette Webson, was a God-fearing person, and she really kept the faith. And when things really came down on her, she would take me inside, and she'd ask me to reach for the Bible, and she would read the 23rd Psalm, and she would read to me, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen, amen. That is the King Oxenet. He sings Calypso, and he was stricken with a bad illness, and he is back on his feet again. But thank you for that. This other song is Hallelujah, Sing to Jesus. Let's see. 
just want to say good morning to Phil Allpike. And also to Geraldine and Mita Allpike down there in Miami. I know this is your favorite, one of your favorite groups. Am I correct in saying that? Yes, uh, the music is extreme. It's very gaining and appreciative of, uh, you know, the melodies and those wonderful voices that we hear in the background there. I want to crave your indulgence because I have a brother out of St. Lucia. He has passed down to the great beyond. And he paid a tribute to my friend, the late, great Tim Hector, who also has gone to the great beyond. But he gave one of the greatest speeches that I ever heard. So I'm going to play. It's a little lengthy, but bear with me because I love to hear this brother talk. So pay attention, folks. The former foreign minister of St. Lucia, Mr. George Adlam. I come to bury Hector, not to praise him. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is often terrored with their bones, so let it be with Hector. I have no record of evil in the life of Tim Hector, maybe mischief but no evil. Let the catalogue of his goodness be interred with his bones. Their brother and comrade in arms, I have no need to praise you since our friendship and our lives together has been a mutual hosanna of praise in acceptance and affirmation of the principles we stood for and the values we espoused. We did this in the face of tremendous odds and spirited opposition from a society whose philistinism has become a byword. Ironically, you lived and died in the pursuit of a body of values which were meant to elevate a Caribbean society and forge a creative and dynamic people out of the detritus which history had bequeathed on us. You fought to explain that history and analyze it in the interest of the ordinary man and woman. But the forces of reaction were strongly arrayed against you. My colleague and friend, St. Lucia's Nobel laureate, Derek Walcott insists that if you give a man an education or a gun, you lose an honest laborer. What Walcott was trying to convey was that education had the power to transform dross into fine metal. It elevated, it aroused, and it empowered man to reach for otherwise unattainable heights. This was your vision, that if you persisted in fanning the flames of enlightenment, that your fellow Caribbean man and woman would see the shooting star of liberation and emancipation and reach for the sky. As you lie there, motionless and still in your fine resplendent 
mahogany casket, I cannot help but feel a sense of mockery that the same society which vilified and ridiculed you when your silent voice embarrassed them with your message and your clarion calls is the same society that will embrace and elevate you now that your mighty heart is lying still. Where is the logic in this, my brother? Are we so crazed with insecurity and self-abnegation that we caught our own disaster and demise by destroying the catalyst for our liberation? When our fellow in Shakespeare murdered his own loving Desdemona, Shakespeare wrote, like a base Indian, he threw away a pearl richer than all his tribe. Today, as I contemplate your mortality, brother, I cannot suppress the insistent feeling that the people of Antigua, and to a lesser extent, the people of the Caribbean, have thrown away a pearl richer than all their tribe. This is a serious accusation to make against a society that had turned out in large numbers to pay homage to this dead Viking. But many of you stood by over the years and witnessed the victimization and demoralization of Tim Hector and never lifted a finger to prevent it. Were you there? Were you there when they crucified Tim Hector? Were you there? Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there? Were you there when they dragged him to the court? Were you there? Were you there when they dumped him in prison for his views? Were you there? Were you there when they burnt his printing press? Were you there? Were you there when they murdered his dear wife, Era? Were you there? Were you there when the ballot process was contaminated to declare him a loser? Were you there? Were you there when they denied this prophet any honor in his own country? Were you there? My brother, you have loved too much to have suffered so much in a society that you devoted your life to change for a people that you love so much. But there is no room for regret in the straitened confines of your coffin. Because love is the revolutionary's credo. And if we must reach for Walcott again, love is the stone speech that outlives both ash and mourning. Love is the stone speech that outlives both ash and mourning. Now I must contemplate the prospect of a life without the edifying discourses that we shared trying to put the world to rights. I will miss the sheer brilliance of your intellect, which I always felt to be about the best in the entire Caribbean even surpassing the brilliance of the closet intellectual who were always too timid and too pusillanimous 
to ply their wares in the marketplace. Your battles were open, fearless, and committed. There the intellectuals looked from a distance and might well have supported your position, but couldn't afford the terror of facing an establishment which was more interested in quenching fires than in fanning flames. In all this, your contribution to Antigua and to the entire Caribbean has been phenomenal. Your championship of Caribbean integration has been sustained and unchanging and never turned on the vagaries of politics or political opportunism. It was such a delight for me to hear you ridiculed as a one percenter who could only attract a negligible amount of store-bought votes. And yet, to see you soar to great heights in defending the calumnies against those whom you fought so fiercely. In your mahogany silence today, there must be time to reflect with me on the achievements of half a century of struggle. Were your gargantuan efforts at educating the public, enlightening the youth, providing a role model for integrity and honesty, realized in the type of society we are leaving behind? Many lives were claimed in the struggle for liberation and integration. Morris succumbed. Walter fell. Michael passed on. Rosie expired. And now you are about to enter the Valhalla for fallen strugglers. You have left behind a desperately divided society, bereft of values, overcome by consumerism, a crippling materialism, rudderless and floundering youth, and a hopelessness that saps the creative energy that we fought to excite. Fortunately, you have left behind a loving wife and a family who have endured your suffering and will stand by your principle. But my dear brother, do not be too complacent in your casket. Do not go gentle into the dark night. Rage, rage against the passing of the light. Rage into the consciousness of the young that they too will be moved to keep the fire burning and fan the flame for humanity. See you soon in Valhalla. Well said, George Ottman, the former foreign affairs minister of St. Lucia. Have you heard that before, Dennis? I, well, yes, thank you. I uh, have to say rich eloquence with tribute to the greatest writer, author, poet, William Shakespeare. I have no doubt that his eulogy referred to his departed friend. Thank him for a rousing tribute to a leader of substance from Antigua. Yes, he wrote, he wrote, fan the flames in the newspaper in the outlet. He, he, he was in class with me at St. John's Boys School. He was one of the greatest orators coming out of the of Ireland. And he just rose to Providence, but he's one of the few. 
He might have been the Prime Minister of Antigua, but he never reached the height. But let's continue. Yeah. Let's continue as we play the capital, the poor brothers out of me. Thank you. 
Brooklyn, yes. A carpenter by the Duo Brothers. Just want to say hello, hello to Matthew Baker. Oh, James Alvahasi, good morning, my brother. Hope you are doing fine. And way down in Miami, or oh, not too much Miami, but more or less with Nordia. Just want to say good morning to my sister, Judith Berg. And of course, um, Alice Lydia Bird as well, the pray that you folks may just go through the storm, losing the great Celeste. We're glad that you are okay. You can hold your heads up, my friend. This morning, uh, Dennis, I'm just going to just read a little bit about the Book of Numbers. Book of Numbers gets its name from the, the accounts in chapter 1 and 26 of Numbers and Countings of the People of Israel. The rest of the chapter tells about the 33 years of wandering in the desert. God continual care for his people is shown throughout the book of Numbers. He miraculously supplied them with water, manna, quails. He continued to love and forgive the people even when they complained, grumbled, and rebelled against him. The book of Numbers. Trust that you may just read it and get acquainted with the words therein. Turn our attention now to our next song by Ryan Stevenson. He says, She I understand. Take a listen. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see And when I'm feeling like I've been let down by my friends and my family In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me. In the eye of the storm, mm-hmm. when my heart and I'm running out of faith I see the future I picture Slowly fade away And when the tears of pain and heartache Are pouring down my face I find my peace in Jesus' name In the eye of the storm You remain in control
And I just don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet I did my best, now I'm scared to death That we might lose everything And when a sickness takes my child away And there's nothing I can do My only hope is to trust you I trust you, Lord In the eye of the
November, and I will always remember him. So as we do that, I'm sure you are prepared, and I don't know if you're in a position to give us the birthday hour and the day in history later. Um, I don't know. No, no, um, Cardinal should be able to to do that, but I'll okay. I'll, I'll come in a little a little later. I'm gonna put myself in a position where I can um, make okay. contribution. All right. Thank yeah, you so I put up my hand. Dennis, Dennis, what we're gonna yes. do? We're gonna ask you to do your number. You have something in the minor leagues that you want to say, but let me introduce you because DJ Bravo is on stage and he doesn't want to come off. And now
Manhattan Yorkers against the Philadelphians, Idlewild Park, Rosedale, New York, 10 a.m., Chicago Blasters against Chicago Catchers, BPL Cricket Stadium, Bolingbrook, Illinois, 10 a.m. start. Michigan Cricket Stars against St. Louis Americans, Lynn Oaks, venue Wixom, Michigan, 10 a.m. start. Golden State Grizzlies against the Silicon Valley Strikers at Arroyo Park, Davis, California, 10 a.m. start. Hollywood Master Blasters against the SoCal Lashings, then Woodley Park, Van Nuys in California, 10 a.m. start. The New Jersey Stallions against New Jersey Somerset Cavaliers at the whole athletic complex, Somerset, New Jersey, 2 p.m. start. St. Louis Americans against Michigan Cricket Stars and at Lynn Oaks, Wixom, Michigan. Now, this is a 2 p.m. start. Golden State Grizzlies against Bay Blazers at Arroyo Park, Davis, California, another 2 p.m. start. And Fort Lauderdale Alliance against Morrisville Cardinals, Church Street Park, Morrisville, North Carolina. And the match is on tap for Sunday, August 22nd. Atlanta Fire against the Florida Beamers, the away team, playing at Atlanta Cricket Fields, Cummings, Georgia, 10 a.m. start. Atlanta Paramveers playing against Orlando Galaxy at the Atlanta Cricket Fields, Cummings, Georgia, 10 a.m. start. Remember, these last games are Sunday, August the 22nd. Empire State Titans against the Philadelphians, Idlewild Park, Rosedale, New York, 10 a.m. start. Morrisville Cardinals against Fort Lauderdale Lions, Church Street Park, Morrisville, North Carolina. This is an 11 a.m. start. The D.C. Hawks against Manhattan Yorkers, Veterans Memorial Park, Woodbridge, Virginia, 2 p.m. start. Empire State Titans against New Jersey, Somerset Cavaliers, Rosedale, New York, at the Idlewild Park, another 2 p.m. start. And uh, the final game that I have for uh, tomorrow, Sunday, the 22nd, Silicon Valley Strikers against the Bay Blazers at the Morgan Hill Outdoor Sports Complex, Morgan Hill, California. That is a 2 p.m. start. Now, I will follow that up with week four standings of the sum of the, of the teams in the Toyota minor league at the moment. So in the week four standing in group central division, we have Houston Hurricanes top of the table with 24 points. Second, we have Austin Athletics with 22 points. 
Third, we have Michigan Stars with 14 points. Fourth, we have Irving Mustang, again, 14 points. St. Louis American follows with eight points. Chicago Blasters with six points. And number seven in that group, that's the Chicago Catchers, and they are currently without any points. Now, we go to the Western Division. Team number one, top of that table, we have Golden State Grizzlies with 16 points. They are undefeated at the moment, followed by Silicon Valley Strikers, who are also on 16 points, but they played one game more than uh, the Grizzlies. Bay Blazers played four matches, and they have 12 points. And uh, next we have Seattle Thunderbolts, played seven, 12 points. And they, too, are undefeated. Oh, I apologize. Seattle Thunderbolts have lost four of their seven matches, and they have 12 points. Social so-called lashings are eight points from with two victories and two defeats, and second from the bottom, San Diego Surf Riders played seven, won two, lost five. They have eight points, and bringing up the bottom of the table, we have the Hollywood Master Blasters played five. They've lost all five, and they are without points. Now we go to the East, the Southern Division. This is the week four standings. Morrisville Cardinals lead the table with 16 points from six matches, having lost two. Atlanta Fire is next with eight points from three matches, having lost one. Orlando Galaxy is third in that table, played three. They have four points. They've lost one and two no results, so they gain extra points for those. Florida Beamers is fourth, having played five. They've lost four and one no results, put them on two points. And second from the bottom, Fort Lauderdale Lions played two. Lost to zero points. And at the bottom of the Southern Division, Atlanta Paramveers played three, lost three. So they too are bringing up the rear with no points. And the Eastern Division, we have New Jersey Stallions played seven, lost to have 20 points at the top of the table, followed by Manhattan Yorkers. Four matches, one all four. They have 16 points. And third in the table, DC Hawks played seven, won four, lost three. They too have 16 points. Fourth in that table is the New Jersey Somerset Cavaliers played six, won three, lost three, 12 points. Next comes the Philadelphians played six. One three, lost three, also on 12 points. Second from the bottom, Empire State Titans played four, one two, lost one. They have 10 points, also one no result. So they gain extra points. 
New England Eagles bring up the table at the very bottom. Played six, one, two, lost four, and they have eight points. Now, the matches have been going very well, very smoothly, and I have to say I've been enjoying those matches that I'm able to uh, catch on the YouTube channel. Now, we have a few bowling leaders in the Pacific Conference. This is the published list. We have Kartik Gallipali, who has 13 wickets for an average of 10.7. Number two is Usman Rafiq, who has 12 wickets at 13.9 average. Number three, Najam Iqbal, 11 wickets, 9.3 average. Laksh Parik is number four, 11 wickets also, average of 10.0. Number five, Vatsal Vagela, 10 wickets, 6.1 average. Number six, Matthew Ford, 10 wickets, 12.1 average. Number seven, Shadley Van Shalwick, 9 wickets, 11.8. Number 8, Sarab Netravalkar, 8 wickets, 7.5. 9, Khalid Zadram, 8 wickets, 10.3. And Abir Chipper at number 10, 8 wickets with 18 points. Now, those are the leading 10 bowlers in the Pacific Conference. And I have to wrap things up. The Pacific Conference batting leaders, Andres Goose. He has a total of 273 runs with an average of 39. Number two is Jacobus Pinar. Has runs 249, average of 41.5. Number three is Willem Luddick. Total runs 219 with an average of 36.5. Number four, Marty Kane. 216 runs with an average of 36. Number five, Ryan Scott. 206 runs at 41.2 average. Number six is Sri Krishna A. 198 runs. Average 28.2. Number seven is Shehan Jayasuriya, 192 runs, average of 38. Number eight, Nitish Kumar, 186 runs, average 31.0. Nine is Rayan Khan Patan, 162 runs, 27.8. And finally, number 10 in the Pacific Conference batting leader is Cody Chetty, 166 runs, an average of 33.2. I apologize, but I do not have the other conference uh, stats, but I'm sure the next time we have them, we will get them to you, our listeners. And once again, I encourage you to um, tune in where you can. Some matches starts at 10, others at 2. And there's some great matches on tap. So come on in, listen, and enjoy this wonderful cricket courtesy of, uh, you know, Toyota Minor League and Cricket USA. 
Leon, this Thank is back to you Thank now. You. I think I don't mind. Thanks. Thanks for that. I know you have put a great deal of work in compiling that, that presentation. Thank you for that. Let's welcome Cardinal. Good morning to you, Cardinal. Welcome. Folks are eager Good to hear you. Good morning. Good morning, Leon. Good morning, good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ivor. And good morning, good morning, and listeners. Well, it's a nice hot day here in the Caribbean with a little bit of overcast. Looking on, hopefully we'll get some rain. We have been getting quite a bit of rain from the uh, weather con- weather conditions that have been set up in the Caribbean, without any real. Um, consequences to to be concerned about, but you know the the rain has been causing some damage in other parts of the Caribbean, like Haiti, which also has suffered uh, a major earthquake in the past week or so. And um, in the Dominican Republic, there was quite a bit of rain that caused some flooding. But over here in the Virgin Islands, the Leeward Islands, we're pretty safe. Uh, uh, well, we're pretty secure now from the rain. We have not sustained any major damages, any major incidents. So we're good. Okay, Cardinal, thanks for that. And I'm sure you're, you're tight on bringing the, the the in history. Just after I just give a brief account of the yeah. news. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let me what? just bring that. Okay. Briefly. Go ahead. Okay, this is um, August 21st, the 223rd day of 2021. The birthdays for today. Um, from England, we have Stan Worthington, Errol Holmes, Ken Taylor, Betty Archdale, who was the first captain, female captain of the English cricket team. They said her... her Top score was what, um, 32 out of a score of 134 against Australia. They won the match anyway. Um, and Doug Wright. In the West Indies, you have Keith Semple from Guyana. From India, we got Shanda Shekhar. Remember Shanda Shekhar, the man who Richard said he was so afraid of. Um, from Australia, you have Simon Katich. From the Netherlands, Peter Boren, and from Zimbabwe, Solomon Meyer, from Sri Lanka, Chris Adeas, and from Jamaica, the legendary Usain Bolt, the sprinter. Um, you have the musician and singer Kenny Rogers in 1938, um, Princess Margaret of, of Britain. In 1930, born in 1930, the late actor Clarence Williams III from the Mad Squad, born in 1939, an American baseball basketball player and Hall of Famer Will Chamberlain, born in 1936. Baseball John Wetland and from the New York Yankees, Sergi Brin, co-founder of Google, Casey Musgraves, county singer. And Kubai Khan, 1264, in 1264, I should say, Kublai Khan accepts the surrender of his brother, Arya Boke 
as Donald at the end of the Mongolian Civil War. In 1321, 160 Jews of Chicon, France, were buried, burned at the stake. In, 19, in 1541, the Ottoman Turks under Suleiman the Magnificent captured the buds, the cap, captured buds, the capital of the Hungarian kingdom, and go on to dominate central Hungary for a uh, hundred and fifty years. In 1831, former enslaved revolutionary Nat Turner leads his uprising against slavery by um, demolishing what was called the, what was it called? The plantation was called, I don't remember his name, Harper's Ferry, Harper's Ferry Plantation. It is said that when they finally caught up with, with Nat Turner and they, they started, they started of, you know, prosecuting him, they asked him if he was guilty. Turner said, look, why should I say I'm guilty? I don't feel guilty. And if I had the chance, I'll do it again. That's right. That's, that's, that's a great man, Nat Turner. He was also assisted by John... Look, I'm forgetting the name. Anyway, I'll probably remember it at, a, at some later time. You know, you know, senior citizens, you yeah. set, set in at some point. <laughs> okay. Are we speaking of John? John Hampton attends the Venetian blind in, in, in 1841. In 1878, sorry, we keep Ted Pooley completes a then first-class cricket record of eight stumping in a county match against Kent at the Oval. In 1888, American inventor William Seward Burroughs patents the adding machine. In 1897, Osmobile manufactured its first motor vehicle in Lansing, Michigan. In 1911, the famous painting called the Mona Lisa was stolen from the Louvre. That's a, a museum in, in France. And it was finally recovered in 1914. In 1931, Yankee Slugger Babe becomes the first Major League Baseball player to hit a career 600 home runs. In 1938, Italy bars all Jewish teachers in public and, and, uh, and high schools. In 1955, Emmett Till, you remember the youngster who was murdered and was lynched in Alabama, sorry, in Mississippi um, in 1955, lived in Chicago, came for a, a, a vacation in, 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 in Mississippi to visit relatives, and in his, was considered a threat and accused of um, sussing a white woman, and he was lynched. He was taken from his bed and lynched. During his funeral, his mother said, do not cover the coffin. I want the world to see what this nation is capable of. In 1959, Hawaii 
after annexation, after it was being annexed, became the 50th U.S. state. Hawaii, remember, was invaded in 1893 when the U.S. Marines, with the assistance of plantation owners and the aristocracy in Hawaii, overthrew the legitimate, the legitimate indigenous leader, Queen, and now I'm forgetting a name as well, and just took the land. Another expression of the white man's theme, I have absolute right to occupation of this earth. Whatever I want, I can take. Finally, they made Hawaii a state in 1959. While they invaded Hawaii, they recognized that it was a nice spot to situate themselves in order to control the South Pacific and all its resources, which would include the South Pacific and, 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 and Southeast Asia and the Pacific, which include Japan and things. So Japan, so, so when we got to 1945 and we see the bombing of Pearl Harbor, that was a Japanese resistance to U.S. aggression in the, in the, in the Pacific. Nothing more than that. Um, so next time somebody tried to tell you that Japan was a part of the world, of the, of the European, what the European conflict that they call the World War, that information is incorrect. Um, Jomo Kenyatta in 1961. A Kenyan political activist, revolutionary, and leader was released from prison after being imprisoned by the white regime after the 1952 Mau Mau rebellion. And you don't want to, you don't even want to hear about the response that the Europeans gave to the, the, to the Mau Mau rebellion. When, when Kenyatta was in hiding, they murdered people because these people couldn't, they felt that these people knew where Kenyatta was and wasn't saying. They cut the children, they cut unborn fetuses from the belly of pregnant African women in order to find Jomo. Kenyatta. He later became the president of, um, of Kenya between 1964 and 1978, when he died. In 1968, a Democratic Convention opened in Chicago and went on to nominate Hubert Humphrey as their presidential candidate. Remember, Hubert Humphrey, I think, was John, I should say, um, Lyndon Johnson's vice president. In 1968, Marion James Anderson Jr. is the first African-American to win a Medal of Honor in the military. In 1968, Warsaw Pact forces complete their invasion of Czechoslovakia by arresting the Czech leader Alexander Dubček and forcing him to sign the Moscow Protocol. In 1983, the Philippines opposition leader Benito Aquino is assassinated after returning home from a self-imposed exile in the United States. Many people 
accused the then president Fernando Marcos of assassinating Aquino. Marcos himself was later deposed and Aquino's wife became president of the Philippines. In 1986, lethal gas from the volcanic lake Nios in the Cameroons, West Africa, killed every living thing within a 15.5-mile radius, including 1,500 people within the, the affected area um, because this gas contains high levels of carbon dioxide, hydrogen, and sulfur, a complete um, recipe for a mix of hydrogen sulfide, which is deadly poisonous. In 1996, six United Nations trucks plowed through the mud, bringing 8,000 Rwandan refugees back to Rwanda, where they had left two years before. And we are, you know, who were around at the time would not forget the massive slaughter that took place in Rwanda out of a conflict between two groups, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Up to now, we still don't understand what the conflict was about. But however, Paul Kagame has brought Uganda under a, a to, uh, into a peaceful state, and Rwanda is now considered to be one of the fastest growing economies on, in, on the African continent. I'm hoping that, you know, uh, President Kagame can continue. You know, he was presented, when he took over the reins in Rwanda, the Western countries presented him as a warlord. They, they wanted to subject him to the international criminal court, which of course has only prosecuted black revolutionary leaders. Um, in 1998, the separatist request for independence by the French-speaking Quebec was unanimously turned down by the Canadian Supreme Court, which declared that Quebec has no legal right to declare its independence from Canada. In 2004, U.S. swimmer Michael Phelps gets his sixth gold medal at the Athens 2004 Olympics when the USA wins the 4 by 100 medley relay, finally breaking the world record at the same time. In 2008, protests were held in Swaziland, I should say the capital, by hundreds of women who were protesting a shopping trip by the nine wives of the king. By the way, Swaziland is still a country where you can go and, you know, live happily with a, a number of your, your, your wives and, and not be committing a crime. Um, <laughs> the women were protesting this shopping trip, shopping trip by the, the king's wives. You know, they were shopping out of, out of the thing, and they, consist, they considered <coughs> the poverty of people in Swaziland as a legitimate cause to protest the king's wives' shopping. In 2011, an earthquake with a magnitude of 7.1 struck off the coast of the South Pacific Islands of Vanuatu. There was no reported damage or injuries, but the island experienced several shocks afterwards that created the possibility of a localized 
tsunami. And in 2013, the U.S. soldier, Bradley Manning, he's now changed his name to Chelsea Manning, and I think he's one of those people like that, that, that for whom the word transgender is used. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison because he was accused of sharing sensitive information, WikiLeaks. Now, WikiLeaks, you know, is the, is, the, <coughs> is the program that the United States, the Britain, and the entire regime, white supremacy regime, is after because it exposed it, the, the, the chief executive, the United States. It exposed the United States for its atrocities that it committed in areas that it claimed to its population that it went to protect. There we go. So both Chelsea Manning um, was, was punished for participating or sometimes interacting with WikiLeaks. And you would also know that Julian Assange has been, his, his, his extradition has been attempted. He lived in the embassy in Ecuador, in England, for years until the government in Ecuador changed and expelled him. So he's now in prison, and this information is coming out that, hey, <laughs> you know, there's more, to the, there's, more to, there's more to this than meets the eye. You will also remember a young man by the name of Snowden, who now lives in Russia, who was also accused of a crime because he exposed the dirtiness of the U.S. in foreign lands. That's it for the day, folks. Those are the days that those are the events that we remember for August twentieth. <laughs> Thank you and, for that statement. Very detailed. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. So, that, let me just briefly give a just a little bit of food we have lined up for you. So I'll tell you what we're going to do tomorrow. Well, we want to tell you the question is versus Pakistan, the second test match. Pakistan at 212 for four after losing three wickets before they reached 10 runs. At the end of day one, 212 for four. Play will resume at 11 o'clock today. Just want to say Ryan Scott, he became the first player in the major or minor league to score century tennis. I don't know if you've heard that. Yes. He scored a century. First player to score a century. And over in England, England, uh, I mean, not England, but India, uh, really uh, having their chops up, they're licking their chops as it were, having defeated England in the first test match. India 364 and 288, 298 for 8. England, 391 and 120. Believe you me, if you were to see the ball that, that Siraj bowled Anderson with, I, there is nothing to make me believe. I mean, my, I believe that ball went through the bat and bowling. It was the defense. <laughs> Perfect. 
<laughs> but the ball has got to go through the bat. I have never seen it. And if anybody can say differently, tell me. But my, my feeling is that ball has to go through the bat. Because everything was perfect. When I I hear rattle, it comes to it's off comes to a gun. And Anderson was still on the post, thinking that he had a good good um defense. Yeah, well, the men's World Cup is due. Some 49 T20 matches are going to be played from October the 17th to November the 4th. The West Indies, they are due to play their first match, October the 21st, versus England. We're going to tell you more about that because we know that we have some other news about that. We're going to turn our attention to the CPL. And CPL, of course, folks, will be, we talk about it on the 26th. We'll start until the 15th. I think the 15th of, okay, let me tell you. August the 26th to September the 15th. August the 26th to September the 15th. And some other news coming out of St. Lucia. They now will be called the St. Lucia Kings. Remember now the Barbados changed the name from the Trident to the Royals. Now the the Duke's name has been changed to St. Lucia Kings. Not lots of Indian teams. Uh, franchise has been sold out. So uh, the franchise for the CPL has been sold out to the Indian Premier League franchises over there in India. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Who knows? The hundred, just to tell you who are on top, for the men, uh, the Birmingham Phoenix, and in second place, the Southern Braves. More details are forthcoming tomorrow. The women, the hundred women, see the Southern Braves on top, followed by the over invincibles. And some cricket schedules will tell you all about that tomorrow, but the big news is that the Olympic, a star-studded cast of 2020 Olympians, track and field medalists, they'll be back in action. Wonder Diamond League meet in Eugene, Oregon this weekend. And the Jamaican female sprint trio, Elaine Thompson, Harrat, and Chelian Fraser, and Sharika Jackson will be pouring after winning that historic one, two, three finish in the Olympics, is going to be taking on Shakari Richardson, lady who was found guilty of using a piece of marijuana, and she was eliminated from the team. So we look forward to see what will be the outcome of that great race with the three great Jamaicans and being challenged by Shakari Richardson. In Oregon, later today. And CPL groundsmen over in in Sinkets, they are doing some hectic work trying to get to get that CPL ready. Some everyday matches are going to be played. So what a work that they have had to encounter to make sure they have the grounds ready every day, starting the 26th to the 15th of September, 26th of August. This next week. Yeah, yeah, well, whatever it is, I would I don't envy them at all. And finally, my favorite 
part of my school report is about the EPL, the English, English Premier League, Division One. Manchester United, they're on top, followed by whose team? Leon's team, Chelsea, in second place. Just beating up on, on Liverpool on a goal difference, I guess. Liverpool are in third place, followed by West Ham, Everton, Brentford. Brentford did a number on whom? Did a number on somebody? On Arsenal. Arsenal, get us the kid from Brentford. Uh, Watford, Bright, Leicester City, Tottenham, Aston Villa, Villa, Burnley in that order. And Manchester City down under, um, followed by Wolves, Newcastle, Southampton, Arsenal in seventh position. And in the relegation zone, we have Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Leeds. So looking forward. And the big news uh, that the Paris Saint Germain, their forward, Kylan McCarthy, he is scheduled to be these uh, days. Talk about his transferring to Manchester United. No, you know, we got. The superstars there uh, over in uh, Paris Saint Germain, and of course they may be lo- looking to ease up some of the load on the payroll. And that's about it for the rest of the sports. Um, we just invite you to be with us tomorrow. And Dennis, um, I'd like to ask you to say a few words on the, the guests that we have lined up for tomorrow, and. Uh, um, I'm sure you have a little bit to talk about that. Yes, well, we have, we're having two guests tomorrow who hails from the San Diego Cricket Club and San Diego Surf Riders. Uh, these two gentlemen, um, Jimmy Ancosario, who's a professor, philanthropist, and lecturer, cricket enthusiast, commentator, player. He's a uh, Oh, well established in the local area and uh, Gangaram Singh who's also um, a provost at one of the uh, major universities they are instru- I've been instrumental in uh, the formulation of the San Diego Cricket Club and the San Diego Surfers, Surf Riders minor league teams so we're hoping to have them with us tomorrow for what we consider a little fireside chat where they'll share with us some of their experiences of you know how they develop the team and the club and so on and more about local cricket so we're looking forward to our guests tomorrow Sunday and just to tell the folks that we have quite a few few um, guests lined up and of course we have some technical issues that are preventing the our invitations to be sent to these guests, and until we get it straightened out, I've made a report to Blog Talk, and they're looking into it. And we have some other technical difficulties, so we just want to make sure that we have them. So, Richie is due to be back after the series is over. He's scheduled to be back with us. And of course, Barbara Coates, the young lady aspiring to become Antigua's um, first. Um, president of the Antigua and Barbuda Association. She's due to be back with us as soon as we get technical difficulties. I know because she was due to be on last week, but for some unforeseen reason, we're not getting into the invitation. In. So 
we got quite a few going tonight, so just to name those few that are going to be on with us. Hope that you'll be able to join us. And thank you so much, gentlemen, for the details that you have brought this morning, day in history, and of course the minor league. And we're going to switch it off for a while. Let me just tell you that we are happy to have each and every. Just want to open the conversation this morning, but before that, let's ask Cardinal to greet his, his, his fans and well wishers around the world. You know, he has many, of course. But, and I don't know if Dennis has any, but Cardinal has some. You will be here up this morning. Cardinal, over to you. Well, you know, they're, they're just my fans. By default, they're actually fans of the entertainment show on Saturday morning and, you know, me being on it, I get to, to greet them. They are the ones, they are the special fans because they are the ones who call in and let us know how well we're doing or how well we're not doing because, you know, we want to always keep a great show for the fans around the world. So, I'm going to say good morning to the people up in New York. Murtris, Donna, Ina, Sharon and Lady Bob Denise. Good morning to you up there in New York. You've got nice warm weather now, maybe too warm for you, but hey, you're working with it. I know that. You, you're going to make happy with everything. Soon the cool, you know, we got, it's going to be Labor Day and the cool is going to come around and you're going to party. Okay, maybe you're going to party. I don't know how. It's all this coronavirus stuff going around. You've got to be careful how you party. Anyway. You know, we always wish you the best, the fans of New York, because they think that they are the best. So whatever you think mm-hmm. about them, they got that covered. I'm going to go on over to St. Martin. I'm going to say good morning to Irma Thompson. And once more, since the, the, the month of August is not done yet, I'm going to say good, happy birthday to Irma and Carlos. They celebrated on the 1st and the 8th. But Carlos on the 1st, Irma on the 8th. Good morning to you over there in St. Martin. And happy birthday to Irma and Carlos. All the fans in St. Martin, you know, they deal with the coronavirus stuff the right way. They party. They get it going on. And it looks like they're not telling the rest of us the secret. I'm going to go on up to St. Kitts. Because over there in St. Kitts, they're having protests. As they are also doing in Antigua. About this mandatory policy on vaccination or people losing their jobs. Mm. So people are having uh, problems and they're walking into the streets and they are standing in the streets as we usually do and voicing their opinions as we usually do. And the governments are sending out their security forces to interrupt and suppress this peaceful expression of displeasure with the actions of the government. Wow. I, I keep wondering, do people really envision what a free and just society looks like? And if so, why aren't we having a protest against this imposition on human liberty and human expression? Well, my, my, luck, my, my best regards to the people, the protesters over there in Sinkitz, Every element of, oppress, of oppression should be resisted. It is legitimately so. So, to the people of St. Kitts and to Lynette, 
Good morning. Lynette over there in Sinket, hoping that it will all end peacefully and with all of us knowing what human rights are. I'm going to go on over to, to, to Nevis. I'm going to say good morning to Mr. Renford Doerr and his staff over there at 2020 Vision Radio, particularly to Carmen Lady C. Griffin. Good morning to you. I'm going to go across to the UK where I'm going to say good morning to Omel. And Omel just heard, uh, heard Leon talk about the position of Liverpool. And I already know what he's going to say. She's going to say, tell Leon it's very early yet. <laughs> I know that. But good morning, Omel. And yesterday was Omel's birthday. Happy birthday, Omel. And good morning to you over there in Britain. And I, I, I got to also say good morning to Omel's daughter, Michelle, a fantastic young lady. How about her granddaughter, Jade? Good morning to you. Hoping that you're having a great day over there in Britain. I'm going to go on across the channel where I'm going to say good morning to the people in Fort Lauderdale, particularly to Elimat. Hey, King Elimat, that is, we need some, we need some college shows and this virus and vaccine and all this kind of thing, Elimat. Call us and, and, and we're, going, we're going to ask you to help us out on what we need. Good morning, Elimat. Hope the brother is meeting his, his own health challenges, and we are always with him. Good morning to Marva Jones and my favorite celebrity, Tiffany, her little brother Malik, and little sister, Tanaya. I'm going to go on down to the southwest Miami, where I'm going to say good morning to Jerome Kutner Richardson. I wonder what Kutner got to say about this, 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 this protest that's going on in St. I figure Cutner's going to say, well, that's not in Sandy Point, so I'm all right. Good morning, Cutner, the man down there in the southwest who comes to you down there by way of Sandy Point. Hoping that you and the friends down there in the Cutleridge area are enjoying your show. Come on in. It's great. I'm going to go on up to Georgia where I'm going to say good morning to Monique, Barbara, and Yvette in Georgia. And additionally to Tremaine. You know, with her own talent, the talent is doing pretty well. I'm, 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 I'm learning a, a few new words, talent. I'm learning a few new terms to meet these challenges. Tremaine, as you go through these, just tell yourself, you are healing. Good morning to you. I'm going to go on over to Jersey. Where I'm going to say good morning to my dear sister, Yvonne. Good morning, Yvonne. Okay. i tell you. She kissed me up today, hoping that you are still having that great smile on your face in spite of all. And good morning to all the fans, friends, supporters of the entertainment show. Come on in. The weather is always warm enough. And we've got sunshine. Leon going to got a great show for you. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Leon. Let me see if Ivan needs to come in because he's a busy man and I don't know if he has time to say anything before I play a, a special tune for Carlos and Irma Thompson. Ivan, you're up if you wish to say anything before we bring in the song. Okay. No, oh, no can do. Ivan is a busy man. So let's play this one for Irma 
and Carla. Enjoy your birthday. Don't forget Omel. She celebrated yesterday. And Omel and Omel too. Yeah, Omel. Omel as well. So, Leon, queuing this song for us. We're uh, getting excited to hear. Yes. Dennis, you think something? Yes, we are. We are waiting for your lovely music you're about to uh, regale us with. Oh, not coming through? Okay. Sorry about that. Not coming through. Yes. We are still not uh, hearing anything from this side. Okay. Wondering, as it fell into a void, where is it gone? We are playing in honor of the birthdays. So, you know, the birthday folks are listening, waiting.
contest with the Jamaican yes, printers. Yes, I am yes, really yes. wondering what is the purpose of this. I mean, oh, I can't just Let's say hello to Phil and then it's come right back to you. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Yeah, you know, I'm wondering what this, this contest is about. Now, I would have really liked to see, and I'm sure most fans would have really liked to see, how Shakari Richardson matches up against the Jamaican sprinters. In that regard, yes. And maybe it would give her, the young lady itself, the opportunity to, to, to build her own confidence, even if she lost against them. But if this is just a showcase for somebody else, I would be dead set against it. I don't know what the purpose is, so I'm not going to say anything about it yet. But I am willing to, one, to, to give it that chance in the, to the extent that, you know, it, it, it might give Shakari Richardson a sense of consolation. Now, she was banned from participating in the, the, um, the Tokyo Olympics because they said she smoked marijuana. You remember when Botham was, was um, banned from the England team because he was yeah. accused yeah. of smoking marijuana? And, and when he came back, I think he came back against New Zealand, and the first barley bowl, he got a wicket. So... <laughs> You know, I mean, Ian Botham was their star player. They, they had not established yet that, you know, um, the, 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 that marijuana either enhanced performance or, or otherwise, they had just created this fear around marijuana to criminalize it. And here we go again with with. Sister Carrie Richardson some 20 something years later you know still you know even though the health benefits of marijuana are known 20 years later you can't say that's a mistake you know when the information is out there that this young lady had to lose an opportunity to participate in an international event because of the um, what should I call it? Dinosaur mindset of the organizers. It is painful. Oh, you thought they were. We, we, we uh, welcome Lynette and uh, Phil. Good morning, Lynette. <laughs> 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 we came on at the same time. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Lynette, my dear. How are you? I am good. Morning, Phil. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Now, you, you've made my day, you know. You've I'm made my day. Oh, wow. That's okay, lovely. You, you're married to a doctor? No, 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 no. I'm a widow. My husband is deceased five, six years. Five, six years. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But this is the man dies before the wife always, you know. Yeah. Ah, the same one? The man dies usually before the wife. Oh, okay. So yeah. In some cases, not all. In most cases. What do you think? What do you think? 
because oh. the Indian hemp does, does not have the Indian hemp does not have the hallucinogenic uh, um, yeah. properties and the other properties that commonly uh, used in the marijuana, this imbibed version. That one oh. used strictly to make to make rope, so you can to make rope. The rope. Yeah, there's nothing oh, in can, it that grows. I can plant some of that in my backyard. I'm sure you can, and uh, make, as long as you're going to make rope with it, because that's what it's good for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I hear on TBN there's a Dr. Axe. I don't know if you know A X E, who has been promulgating the idea of taking marijuana for certain things, for certain pro- hemp. I I I, I can't hemp. But, you know, doctors have been putting uh, a certain drug in the antidepressant uh, tablets that we take. Uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, It's not hemp or marijuana. It's something else. It's a drug. And they put it in the medicine. It begins with N. Okay. All right, so well, we don't know, but we will hear. Uh, anything else further on, on that topic, Cardinal, before we ask Lynette to give us a report of what happened in thinking? Not on that topic particularly, mm-hmm. but on the, um, on the Olympics overall. Uh, yeah, okay. There were five African women. Mm-hmm who were excluded from participation in the Olympics because they decided, the, the organizers decided that their testosterone levels oh. were too high. Right. And that, here it is, that gave them an unfair natural advantage. You could ever hear anything as confusing as an unfair natural advantage. Now, these women were Castor Semenaya from South Africa, Beatrice Mutilengi mm-hmm. from Namibia, and Christine Mbona also from Namibia, um, Francine Nayasaba from Burundi, Margaret Wambui from Kenya, all 18-year-olds <coughs> who were denied participation in the Olympics because the Olympics committee decided that their testosterone levels were too high. Now, um, the, 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 the rule itself was put in place to prevent, to, to determine whether what we call nowadays transgender people, I think that, that, is, that these are women who think, these are men who think they are women, from participating in women's sports. And the, 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 the scientists who talked about higher testosterone levels saying that their study, they, they, they published an, uh, 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 an article in the British Journal of Medicine yesterday saying that their study was not meant to exclude women from female competition because, you know, test higher testosterone levels, they, they said nothing about higher testosterone levels 
giving people uh, an advantage in a race. You understand? So they created this thing and noticed that it only comes down against African women. And that is to be included. Now, the other thing that is really galling is that these committees, these Olympic committees, and, 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 and the, the, the arbitration, which is like the Supreme Court of, of sports, international sports, den- denied Castor Semenaya's appeal. Because these organizations are saying, okay, you got to go take drugs to lower your testosterone level, which means you, under their auspices, under their direction, must undertake what they give you to combat what nature affords to you. When I tell you that these people act as if that they are superior to God, that is the kind of thing that I'm talking about. I have a question for you, what Cardinal. What data has given you, it violates what we want, so we're going to give you something to combat what nature has given you. Isn't that Cardinal, my on nature? Question for you, Cardinal. Yes. The basis for why, why were these women tested in the first instance? And why is this a, a test for all female in, in, in the Olympics? They were tested because they were fast and they were winning. Mm. That's why they were so tested. So they weren't te- all women in the Olympics are not tested? No. I don't know what they tested them for, but I know these women were tested and, and they, they determined that their testosterone levels were too high. I mean, I mean, when people go to, to, the, to the doctor, you know, all, those, it, all that information comes out when you get a complete physical, okay? The doctor can tell you what your, your, your testosterone level is and all this kind of thing, you know? Because testosterone is, is essential for muscle growth. It's essential to transporting oxygen throughout the body. And higher levels means higher rates of, of oxygen being produced. So that's why these people can run longer races with the same speed for long periods of time. But that is their natural contribution. That is their contribution from nature. If I'm taller than you and my legs are longer than yours and we are in the same race, you know, do you say, okay, you need to cut out some of your legs? Because your leg's too long and that's what's causing you to win the race? That doesn't happen, does it? Or you can't compete in a race with, with, with other people because you are three inches taller and that three inches on your leg is giving you an unfair natural advantage. The ridiculousness of this whole thing is appalling. You can't believe that people are going to think like this in what is called, supposedly called, a civilized society. Where is the conscience and intelligence of these people if it's not overridden by their arrogance and their presupposition that they could stand in superiority to nature? Dennis, you have a question for Cardinal? 
before we well, we've been in no, not really. I, I, I'm just curious because, you know, does that mean all winners of races are tested for testosterone levels, or did they just pick on these women because they have to be, to be the winners? You know, dark. they have to be winners. They have to be winners. But. It, it, but is everyone tested? I mean, that's the point. Is, is it a discriminatory... I, I, I think they do it at random. They do it at random. But I guess... It's a discriminatory practice. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's used against certain people. People of African ancestry. It's there for you to see. Clear and white. This, this guy from Poland says that Mboni shouldn't be so fast at 18 because he wasn't that fast. Mm. But that's, oh, come on. Hussein Bolt has done wonders out there. And but he has been tested. Men, men are not tested. What? Men are not tested for their testosterone level. No, or yes, but, but, but uh, unless they have reason to believe these people are taking enhanced drug testosterone, then... Uh, you know, it, there seems to be a lot of questions on why this practice is going on against these women. They, you know, I, 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 so unfortunately, I haven't read much about this, but uh, it, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered, really. So we have a minute, and we'll see the busy lady and start the morning. Lynette, anything special that's going Hello, on? Good morning. Good morning again. Yes. yes, good morning. Yes. Um. Well, we have a surge in our coronavirus cases. Um. For the week, we've had like 137 cases. Um. So we're up to uh 792 cases. Uh, we have 193 active. So, and we have CPL from next Thursday. I don't know what's gonna happen. Right, and then we had a protest. We had a protest last night. Went into the night until the police had to disperse. Tell us about the protest. Did you have any tear gas or rubber Well, I did not actually. I didn't actually see it with my eyes. I saw videos on Facebook. Um, it was a. Well, it started off as a protest. Um, for the people who were unvaccinated and were dismissed from their jobs for not taking the vaccine. And then it just went into other things. (laughs) Uh And so I saw a video where the police had to um, um, throw tear gas at them. And so, but it went right into the night. Yeah, they had to use tear gas to, um, to break it up. So, but you know that could be a super spreader. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've raised now to see what will come out of that because there's quite a bit of people in town and you know and shouting and whatever. Right. Uh, yes, they arrested a couple of uh, the young men huh. and women too. So I don't know sure. how many, but um, I heard the the um the opposition leader, Dr. Denzel Douglas, was giving a speech. He said he was in the police station and um, they, because they had locked up um, a, a few young men and women. And then while he was mm-hmm. there, they brought in some others. But I don't, I don't have a figure to say, well, how many was locked up. I don't know. I don't know what has happened. I didn't get anything mm-hmm. this morning. So that's as far as I know. But 
All I'm concerned is about this rising, and uh, we also have the Delta virus here now, it's confirmed. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm um, staying safe and being safe. Yes, indeed. indeed, indeed. Yeah, well, Dennis, you ask the question go again? Go ahead. Go ahead, Dennis. Dennis, go. No, I, I was waiting question, for Dennis. you to... No, I'm not on, not yeah. on that okay. topic. Not on that topic, right? Oh, but she's talking about what happened in St. Kitts, because I, I was just going to ask her whether or not the ladies were shackled like they were in Antigua. They were shackled at their legs. Too. If they were sh- no, I didn't see them shackled. They just took them. Right there. They were actually yeah. walked them <laughs> wherever they were to the van mm-hmm. or whatever. No, they didn't put any shackles on them. Mm-hmm. But what I from the videos that I saw, I don't know what happened outside of the videos. <laughs> but all in all, we 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 all right. It's it's very overcast and very humid today. Mm. Outside of that, we're good. You're good. Dennis, Dennis, did you have a question or Cardinal? Cardinal, do you have a question? I think we need it or? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, about the, the, the protest in St. Kitts, the protest, there's protest in Antigua. There was protest in St. Vincent a couple of weeks ago. Barbados. Yes. Uh, Barbados, too. Uh, Barbados, too. Yeah. That's a protest in Barbados. And... And I think a protest is also brewing here in the Virgin Islands. Mm. Um, you know, now this 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 raises very strong human rights concerns, and with government stepping in, because I, I don't I don't see that the police can le- can legitimately just break up a protest just because it's a protest. I, I, I can't see the legitimacy of it. If the, if the protest threatens life or property, yes, then that's what the security forces are for. But these security forces are being now used to silence the legitimate voice of the people. If the people are dissatisfied with the actions of the government, they ought to be able to say it. And they, they, they shouldn't have to wait until the government convenes a meeting on government street to raise their voices. They should be able to organize themselves into the byways of our social construct and have conversations with each other and voice their opinions about the actions of their government. If they are not staging anything that threatens life or limb as it is called, I don't see how the forces of the government, the security forces that are controlled by the government, have any legitimacy in using instruments of violence against such people. That but is the people, a human right concern. But the, pe- the people who are protesting are all workers of the private sector. Mm-hmm. 
There is, government has not done that to their workers. It's just the private sector workers that are being dismissed or terminated because they didn't take the vaccine. But there's a lot of government workers, a lot, a lot, a lot of government workers that have not taken it and they have not been dismissed and they have been getting their salary for the last 18 months of the pandemic straight. Mm. So that's the kind of con- that's, that's a conflict. That's a conflict right there. That's a how we how how we and, private sector and the government is has doing that and not the government. The huh? And thereby the government has failed in its responsibility to protect the citizens if you can let private wow. industry deprive them of their livelihood and government just sit by and say nothing. And more than that, just sit by and say nothing. When the people protest against these atrocities, and I'm gonna call them that, the government steps in and says, shut the hell up. But even if the, the government is in cahoots with private industry to silence the people and force them into beings of non-entity, as if they do not matter, Cardinal, doesn't government have the right to protect the health and well-being of all the people? So if you have, uh, if you have a few people who are threatening the possibility of good health within the community, doesn't the government not have the right to get involved with trying to address and, if necessary, redress that situation? That means that government sees that the population, the citizenry as a whole, is running the risk of rampant disease destruction. They don't have the facilities to treat all those people who get infected and require um, intensive care. They don't have the nurses. They don't have the physical abilities. So government does need to step in. I'm not sure that they are actually, um, what should we say? I'm not sure that they're actually brutalizing or, or taking away the rights of people to protest. But of course, we must remember that uh, people should protest and do so in a peaceful manner and not create, you know, destruction and mayhem. And I suppose government all over the world seems to think that protest as a whole is likely to turn into some sort of a violent outrage. And therefore, they're trying to get ahead of the curve. I'm not saying that it is always unnecessary correct. But I think this is the mindset we see. We see it happening here in the United States quite frequently. So government has a duty to protect the rest of the citizens from this virus. And people who refuse to be vaccinated for strange reasons run the risk of uh, infecting the whole population, the whole country. So But but government has workers that they're not vaccinated. How come they're not sending them home? Well, I don't know that they're not. Oh, them, okay. Uh, because nobody votes for the private sector, but people vote for the government. Does the private sector um, companies 
thinking about their own bottom line and the fact that they may be sued, uh, don't they have a right to say to their people who they employ, this is the condition of your employment? Government don't necessarily oh, no, have yes, to I'm, do Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. They, they have the rights. Um, everybody have the rights. The workers have rights, and, and, and the employers have rights. So, so I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, how come? How come it's just the private sector? Well, could it be that the private sector is ahead of the government in this particular area? Okay, so, so, you, we, so, we, so we wait then. Well, quite likely the government will probably get in on the act at the same time or, or okay. later on to say people need okay. to be vaccinated for, for what it is. It's just that the private sector are a lot easier to work with simply because they own a business so they can set the condition of employment. You know, if, if people want to work, then they follow the, you know. I mean, I apply for a job and my they said, this is your job description. This is your job requirement. And they reserve the right to change them at will. It, 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 it's up to me to, to decide whether I want to continue. Kayla has some questions. But, 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 that no, please tell me somebody else. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cardinal. Uh, uh, Dennis, that formula accept, is acceptable under a system of oppression. And um, hmm. oppression does not recognize the rights of humanhood. No form, no mechanism of oppression recognizes the rights of humanhood. And so the idea of the private property owner having the right, some kind of right of ownership, some kind of right to impose on the rights of the individual. And they can do that because they are not government. But we got an entitlement to social participation. That's a human right, which is not really recognized with a strong voice. And that's why employers can get away with exploiting people. It's the same formula that established a system of slavery. A system of slavery comes under a system of oppression. The, the system, the economic system that was built upon slavery is also a system of oppression. And so we have accepted this idea that the employer, because he's a private property owner, has somehow acquired the right of exploitation. I don't see how I can go along with that when I understand the sanctity of human rights the sanctity of the right to live, the sanctity of the right to life, the sanctity to, of the right to social participation and benefit. That is a right that we should be all entitled to because we carry some burden, you know, in exchange for that right. With right comes responsibility. And the government right. nor the private sector can have rights without an accompanying responsibility. Cardinal, the citizens the, have a right so, to also, you know, expect that they, I mean, those who are vaccinated and those who are not vaccinated, they, the vaccinated people have a right to health, good health. And those who are not everybody vaccinated... Everybody has a right to not, good health. Right, but those who are not vaccinated does not have a right to get infected and then pass it on to the rest of us. So 
They have a responsibility as citizens to behave in a socially responsible manner. And you're saying that a, a, a worker should be able to go into a business place and say to the employer, these are my condition to work for you. No, that does not follow, yes. Colin. Yes. No, it does not And the follow. only way that, does, that, that does not happen, the, 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 the contract, uh, an employment contract, is always an adhesion contract. Always. An adhesion it, contract yeah. is a contract that is in the benefit, that is to the benefit, the greater benefit of one of the contracting parties. It's offered on a take-it-or-leave-it basis. And our, our private sector industries have been able to operate on that for centuries. We understand that. It's the same formula of slavery. You can either be a slave or die. An adhesion contract. Uh, was, I, you, I, can't I, even, you can't even call it a contract. You can either be a slave or die. You can either serve the oppressor or die. You know, that is the ter- these are the terms that we are offered. Now, with this vaccine thing, there's another element of oppression, which is the, 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 the dissemination of misinformation, where misinformation becomes the premise for the exercise of authority. And then it is called right. Now, this vaccine thing and this antivirus, this virus thing, has had a whole host of, in, of misinformation surrounding it. And the more we look at this, the more we see the irrationality of the idea of saying, well, unvaccinated people cannot come into my establishment. But at the same time, you're telling people, the vaccinated people also have the potential to be infected. So yeah. what are you saying? We know that the 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 fully vaccinated people have the potential to be infected just like the unvaccinated people. Where does the idea of immunity come in? That's misinformation. So you're riding on misinformation to justify your power to subject people to indignity. That cannot be right. No, I disagree with you, Cardinal. You know, okay, the, government, okay. the, the, government, the government is not putting out misinformation. The misinformation is coming from those who seem to think that the bad information they're getting is real. Government gives the information about the vaccine. But, of course, we know from science that variants, mutations of the virus, can be just as deadly or even worse so. Therefore, even though you're vaccinated, the unvaccinated people breeds these virus and allows it to mutate easier. That mutation can infect even those who have been vaccinated, although the effect is not as bad on the vaccinated people as it is in the unvaccinated people because it's a deadly virus. It's the mutation as a result of people getting the disease, the ones who are not vaccinated, because the virus breeds without fear or favor. And that's where the mutation occurs that causes the various, um, you know, the various mutated versions, which, like variants, which causes the problem. 
So even though people who are vaccinated are getting the virus, it's only because those people who are unvaccinated allow the virus to mutate and cause these variants to occur. So vaccination is a real thing. No worker should have the ability to walk into a place and say, I must have this unless it threatens their health. And it's no way the vaccination threatens the health of people because how many millions of vaccines have been given around the world today? And how many billions of people have shown any kind of adverse effect? None, as far as we're aware. But we know the adverse effect of not being vaccinated. So I leave it for somebody else to um, comment and Back to you, Leo. There, 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 there are seven people over the over the course of the last week. Mm-hmm. There were seven people who died in Florida. Yes. Not from the virus, from but what? from complications of the vaccine. They were vaccinated. No. They no, died they from die complications from... related to. No. Let me finish. Let me finish, Dennis. They died from complications. Related to the vaccine itself, and nobody can tell me whether or not I am one of the people who is going to die because I take the vaccine. There is no way of isolating people as yet, and the fact that you can do that, but you're telling everybody to, to take the vaccine, you're relying on misinformation. Secondly, the people who are unvaccinated. And the people who are vaccinated are also uh, potentially susceptible to infection. And it has nothing, the, 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 the mutation of the, of, the, of the virus has nothing to do with unvaccinated people. Nothing. Oh, yes, it has. It a, does. A, a virus does not mutate because of unvaccinated people. If a virus no, mutates, when, when, when an organism, an organism mutates in order to ensure its survival, and that is why only, when you're given, only, hold on, hold on, when, hold on, when you're no, given, no, no. when you're given, that's why your doctor does not Pardon. want to give you too much antibiotics because the the strain of the bacteria that he gives you that antibiotics against is going to mutate to survive the assault of the antibiotic. That's where mutation comes in. It has to be to survive. So I don't see what what unvaccinated people had to do with the mutation of this virus. Because the virus can only, Cardinal, the virus can only mutate if it is breeding, if it is replicating. With the vaccinated people, the virus does not get to replicate because it is not growing. It grows in those people who are not vaccinated, and therefore, this is where, as it grows, it mutates. There you get your variant. Somebody, you does, a, person, a person does not get infected or show signs of infection unless the bacteria or the microbe that that person is infected with somehow multiplies. It, it's only that way that the person it multiplies. Of what, 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 what an infection is, is a certain level of bacterial imposition above 
a certain level. So that's what an infection is. So if the vaccinated people get infected and show signs of infection and become ill, it's because within them the virus is replicating and increasingly invading other cells than the one it first entered into. That's what the infection is. So there's no business about vaccinated, unvaccinated people causing the, 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 the virus to mutate. The, the only thing about unvaccinated people that don't cause the virus to mutate is because their own system, their own immune system would develop defenses against that virus, would be develop no. microbes against that virus. And in order for that virus to survive, it has to mutate in order to avoid the onslaught of the antibodies. But both unvaccinated and vaccinated people are susceptible to infection. And unvaccinated people don't have a greater chance of infecting somebody than a vaccinated people, than, than, than vaccinated people. So that in itself is misinformation. And we are relying on this information to permit government and these private sector people to impose on the livelihood and life of people and take away their right to live as human beings. I cannot condone that. We have, we have been subjected to circumstances that are justified by misinformation for the past six centuries. There is no reason why civilized people should sit down and allow this to continue. So, Cardinal, you want to say throughout, throughout, Cardinal, throughout the, the, the history of medicine, we've heard and we have a tremendous amount of vaccines out there being used. Mumps, rubella, measles, chickenpox, and so on. People have been taking these forever because they know we know it works. Smallpox, we know it works. Tuberculosis, we know how deadly these diseases are if they go unchecked. So why is it suddenly that this particular virus, vaccine against this particular virus, is any different from the vaccines for all those other hundreds of diseases that have gone ahead? It is because today we have a lot of, dare I call it, uneducated people telling mistruths and lies about things are going under the guise that this is freedom, self-freedom, and you should be free to infect and do whatever. Look what's happening to our children today. Children are being put in hospitals on ventilators because they have this variant virus. Don't we have a responsibility to look after our children anymore? You know, we have a responsibility to look after our children. And those who are the architects and administrators of our social institutions also have a responsibility to tell us the truth. And this virus in particular is surrounded 
by what you probably would call the educated people, the ones who control the power. I guess those are who you consider to be the educated people. But let me say something here. I'm not denying that they are educated based on what their definition of education is. But within that education construct, there's a disposition of disrespect for humanity. And I do not consider that disposition civilized. There's a disposition of this, this lack of respect for humanity for people who wield power and have the authority to, to make decisions. But we call them honorable. And we say, we say they're educated. They know what they're doing. But they are evil. So whether they're educated or not, and by whatever definition you consider them to be educated, their lack of respect for humanity warrants my distrust. And that is what this is about. The misinformation that is surrounding this particular virus has annoyed people, has put people in confusion, and they are saying no more. Yes, we have previously got the benefit of viruses. Those viruses, uh, I should say vaccines, and as far as we know, those vaccines provide us with a, a measure of immunity. This particular vaccine does not provide any immunity. So why are you even calling it a vaccine? Based on what you understand a vaccine to be previously. When you get a vaccine, I had mumps at six years old. I never had a, 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 a vaccine for mumps, but I never cut mumps afterwards. I had measles around the same time, in about six or seven. And I never caught measles again. I could be around my son when he had the measles, and I didn't get it. That's immunity. This vaccine does okay. not provide that immunity. And if people catch the, the virus and recover on their own, building their own, building their own immunity from their own natural resources, then there could be nothing better than that. Uh, I, I would like to say, where are you getting your information from? Huh? What? Who are you addressing? I'm addressing anybody who listens. So, who are you getting your information from? What? Where are they getting their information? Because Dr. Fauci is the chief epidemiologist, or whatever you call it, in America and the world. America yes. is leading the world in science. Huh? Yes. Yes. And he yes, said... That's, mis- that's misinformation, Phil. Yes. Sorry. No, it's not. That is misinformation. <laughs> it's not. No. No, no, no. No. You understand? So, because don't even if... come to me with that. Don't even who is, who is the leader of You know, you can come from a marginalized country like St. Kitts or Antigua and expect to... to, 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 to um bamboozle people into thinking what you believe. I was saying that, it's a marginalized country. That's the mistake, Phil. They believe, you believe that people from Sinkit and Antigua cannot, do not have the capacity of intelligence as no. Europeans have. And that's a mistake. No, no, no. no, no that's no. a big mistake. No, I didn't say that. You, you're contradicting you, you're me and contradicting that. yourself. 
I can't come from a marginalized <laughs> country and bamboo. I'm not trying to bamboozle anybody. But the mm. idea that people from formerly colonized countries cannot be as wise or as intelligent as Europeans, it's annoying. It's very well, annoying. Well, let me tell you something. The, the first center philosophers, of the world the is in, in this world. We do have the first philosophers, the people, the aspects like of human civilization. Well, on that note, I know it's getting heated, but we want to hear from Lynette before she goes. And Phil, we want to hear from you as well, Lynette. I know you're enjoying this. What, what say you? Finally, what say you? Yes, I enjoy it. I don't, I don't get into the, the fighting. No, we're um, up to, um, in some cases, we're up to 62% um, fully vaccinated. So that's going along. Yeah, uh-huh. and, um, and Phil, we, not, we yeah. think it's not marginalized. Think it is right out there with everybody else. Thank you. I tell you, when our students, we... when our students go to university, they grab yes. them up so much. They don't. They don't want I them come I know about back. that. I know about so all that. We are very bright and intelligent and smart. We're not marginalized. We're right out there. We're I right know that. But, <laughs> but if you check out the Bible, the Bible says that Israel is the center of God's Anointment, um, what's the word? Uh, he's the center of everything that happens in this world. Everything revolves around Israel. And the British mm-hmm. Commonwealth and is that's not a main player. Okay, we understand all of that. But America is not, yes. America is not all 100% um, there. Right. They have yeah, their flaws. Right now, right now, they yeah. have a big flaw with Afghanistan. And yeah. so, yeah. everybody <laughs> has their own <laughs> But so I'm talking about Israel now. Israel is it's amazing. making it's contribution to the to the world. Phil, your final thought for me, please. My final thought? Yes. I would say that we need to read our Bibles more. Because the time is coming <laughs> when the Holy the Spirit will leave this world and we'll have to deal with the Antichrist if we don't believe in God and what he provides in his word. My mother was... Yes. Had, time is running out. Tell me, tell me, what do you say? What? Yeah, time is running out. You have, and we want to hear from Lynette now. Lynette, your final thought. Yes, we say yeah, okay, I just said um I enjoyed the show. I listened before I came, um, came in. And I had a good okay, time. Sure. It was nice hearing you and you enjoy your rest of the week ahead. And have a good one. Everybody, we enjoyed it. It was a good discussion. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well enjoy hearing you. Go ahead, final thoughts, one 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 minute. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to say, Lynette, I'm hoping that your government in St. Kitts, Nevis, Antigua, St. Vincent, Barbados, the Caribbean as a whole, and everywhere else, would hope that, I would hope that they would begin to re- recognize the meaning and significance of the term humanity and the sanctity of human rights, and to adjust themselves to this idea as we deal with this threat of a coronavirus that it seems to be threatening life on this planet. Well, I'm hoping that the debate continues. And as long as it does, I'm going to be part of it. So I'm going to mm, be here. Very good. Very good. It was wonderful very good, to sir. join you. So I'll be here 
again. Until then, have a great week. Yes, indeed, indeed. Thank you. Yeah, Dennis, your final thoughts, sir? Yes, uh, one point here. Bacterial infection, which cause earlier diseases, causes inconvenience more than death. Virus infections, which cause disease by their very nature, because of how they work, they kill, and they kill quickly. This is why the virus needs to be stopped, and vaccine is the only way we have. Right now, we don't know enough about this virus. So get vaccinated, stay safe, stay isolated, wear your mask. And Thank hope you to so much. hear you, see you, talk with you next time around. Do join us tomorrow Sunday for the cricket show. Thank you, ladies. Yes, indeed. Thank you, gentlemen and ladies. Thank you all so very much. Awesome. I wish you could go on forever, but, you know, everything has to come to an end. Good night. Good morning. Good enjoy the show this morning and uh, you know all the other mornings Saturday morning and we 
be tuning in tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening, on the Sunday evening show, 6 to 9 p.m. So come on, come on. Tell your neighbor we are on 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday. So on that note, I have bid you farewell so long until not goodbye. Talk to you tomorrow. Yes, good night, good night. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. See you all tomorrow. See you on the radio. Thank you so much. Good night. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.